Hello and welcome to Unlocking the Treasure. We're four fr real Freemasons who are coming to you to discuss uh, the real Masonic mysteries and symbols in the Disney Plus series, National Treasure, Edge of History. All right. My name is Jason Richards. I'm here with John Ruark and Robert Johnson. Uh, we took a couple weeks off from TMR, but we're back here with you tonight to discuss episodes two and three of National Treasure, The Edge of History. It's nice to see you guys. Oh, so I uh, probably unmute you. Yes, it's good to see you. Why don't as you always, start Jason. again? <laughs> yes, that's all. It's good to see you as well, Robert. Yeah, you guys also took that week off. Um, no TMR, but uh, glad to be with you guys here to talk about the exciting developments in episode two and three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the episodes, spoilers ahead, uh, as always. But uh, we're here to look at what are, what are the Freemasons up to uh, regarding this this series so yeah let's jump right into it episode two um what did you think episode one was, was up to a rough start uh, what did you think of episode two i feel like episode two was more of the same um <laughs> it's just very you guys are rough you guys are harsh critics it's it's very disney in the sense that like i've i've likened it to National Treasure meets Hannah Montana without any musical numbers. Um, it's I'm thankful for the latter. <laughs> uh, but uh... I think what okay, so episode two, we we basically uh, rescued uh, a dude, and we had to make that weird exchange that is almost, it's really not unlike national treasure. The first movie, right? When, when they have to meet up and he's got the declaration of independence in the tube, and he's got a switch in the public place. So there's, there's this really interesting thing there. Um, so they're really kind of hitting on some of the more iconic scenes and feels right. of the show. But I do have to agree on a couple things. Number one, when we did the show on uh, the lost, uh, the lost, yeah, symbol, symbol, the lost symbol, Jesus. <laughs> well, we did the lost symbol show, um, the found symbol. What was really cool, uh, I think we got through it. You know, we we had a lot to talk about there, but we all had so we also had these same gripes, and that was, aside from a few like, you know, seasoned actors. Almost everybody was pretty fresh, pretty green, uh, hadn't seen them before in anything else. And I felt kind of the same way about that. It felt a little, um, you know, uh, like, like, like Jason says, Disney. Uh, my kids watch all kinds of really cool Disney shows, obviously. Um, like the acting feels mm, just, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and act better than I do. 
right? It's just like it's not <laughs> right. the same as say whatever you know is what we would expect in the film. But if you guys notice, right, the executive producer is still Jerry Bruckheimer, so that's that's cool, right? He's got a little probably say so mm-hmm. in, in what happens, but but yeah, if nothing else, like Catherine Zeta Jones is having a lot of fun being yes. the bad guy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that, that comes across clear as day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I enjoyed the. Uh, like the puzzle unlocking sequence that they did, right? Uh, she finds the the puzzle box. The constant uh-huh. throwbacks to, uh, I can't, I always want to say Sandusky, like Sandusky, Ohio. Ohio. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the, the constant throwback to the FBI agent, um, you get some weird vibes from, um, so, all right. The, they go, the team, they go to the FBI to report this kidnapping. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a girl has to go take an anonymous tip. And you kind of get the feeling like she's, you know, the best boy having to go get the coffees and whatever, right? She's mm-hmm. new. She's fresh fish at the FBI. And she got to take, she has to take this anonymous tip. And she thinks that uh, she's getting, you know, played on or whatever. Getting pranked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, moving through that whole sequence, it was really cool, whatever. I didn't know what to make of it, but I got the creepiest vibe from her boss. Huh. Um, the guy who's like, did you order a talk screen? Why'd you, you know, but that's in episode uh, later. But just, uh, I get a weird vibe there. from him. Well, you find out that he was the FBI agent back in the first National Treasure movie. See, who, I didn't realize that. Yeah, who didn't um, think that the threat against the Declaration of Independence was credible. So he makes that uh, admission. Gotcha. Like, oh, yeah. man. So it makes you almost wonder like, how connected he is to the to the story. What does he know? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. he's involved in the mysterious death of, you know, our famed uh, FBI agent who foiled the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but what'd you guys think of the puzzle box sequence where she was <laughs> unlocking it? So, yeah, that was, I always find, I'm also always a little critical of when the, trust progression of figuring out clues right because it's either like too silly or too obvious right and that those are only like the two ways that you really see the the person either like come up with this weird tangent that would never be a real clue in real life but it's like oh it happens to be this one scratch on the guy's paint in his house that actually solved the puzzle like or um they get it first time right and so there she is riding a bus holding this this cube and immediately she's like well it's got to be this boom first combination like have you ever opened a combination lock even when you knew the combination first time right and so that that happened a little too easy for her so uh you know yeah john if you uh interesting if you go to uh slide seven we've got a close-up of the uh of the puzzle box part of the puzzle box lid yeah, we can throw up there. so there we go. So let's talk about that because we get right to the first Masonic reference that she says, because, well, obviously the Freemasons were behind this. So 
Freemasons, right. they love their all-seeing eye. So she quotes that right away. Those guys are all about the all-seeing eye. That's what she says. Are we, um, though? Even though... <laughs> are we, though? <laughs> can you name a Masonic Lodge without an all-seeing eye? No, I can't. Hanging yeah, somewhere sorry. in the furniture. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe we are. The, the thing with this puzzle box... that. <laughs> The whole thing that was ridiculous to me was like, it's not ridiculous to think about symbols and going into a story and how she kind of put this together. But it was, I expected like the backpack to come to life and the map to come out and sing about how he's the map. (laughs) And. Do you get where I'm coming here? I'm where I'm map, going? I'm the map. It was I'm a little, map, it was a little Dora Explorer for me. I can say that. <laughs> I was like, say that. I was like, what? What weird tale did you hear that you see these symbols that you're putting all together like this? But I mean, obviously, uh, you know, they had to get her there somehow. I thought it could have been a, a you know, better, but there was one other gripe with, I had. Yeah, with the puzzle box she figured out that it had to orient north in order to unlock. Yeah, why? Like, if it was all Masons, why not east? Masons have a particular affinity to east as a cardinal direction, not north. The east is where the master presides over the lodge. Um, It has some biblical references to king solomon's temple with that particular cardinal direction as well like why north if anything north is like the one cardinal direction we don't care about that is true (laughs) a place of darkness usually in the masonic lodge symbolically symbolically yes yeah it's a standing and of course she's fine with freemasons that uh you uh if you want to cause trouble, you go sit in the north of the lodge. <laughs> go sit in the it, corner. It was kind of. It is interesting, though. Like some of those symbols we see, and it's like, okay, those are obviously like these bars with the dots. I know those mm-hmm. are counting systems, um, mm-hmm. and I know some of these other symbols obviously look uh, somewhat Mayan, but they're dealing with like this trinity of uh cultures right they're dealing with the incans the aztecs and the mayans who they said never had contact or whatever but there's this whole conspiracy that um they in fact did come together to hide an immense treasure from the conquistadors but what is interesting is like these three levels the furthest out level all the way to the right that almost looks like mercury doesn't it yes and so had i had I had the wherewithal to um, to screen grab the entire top of the box, you can see the outer ring actually has a bunch of alchemical symbols in it. And the one Wild. right above the single dot is the circumpunct. Get which out. they okay. allude to as being emblematical of the sun. Of the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the all-seeing eye, right? So there you go. Or the she lines up the eye. one and and the hair or the or rabbit. the phallus. And then but this the, is a yeah, Disney show. <laughs> and then they line that to the actual pictograph, which is one of the actual first ones up at the top about 
hiding in the reeds. Is that it? Yeah. What was it or like? A that... rabbit hides in the reeds or something? When it's yeah, it was raining. Really strange. It, like. Yeah. Or the, the sun's too bright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the whole idea of the story was interesting. It, like, I think. I think the show actually hits on a lot of really cool elements that maybe we as, you know, North American Westerners might not appreciate. And like, like culturally, we see a very diverse cast. We see atypical situations that we have um, a lot of things that are going on in the background. And even joke by the main character who says something. And then he goes, I'm just kidding. Don't cancel me. Um, it was, <laughs> we had, I had a good laugh, but like the diversity of the show is really good. But also in, in the storytelling of, of, of this show, you know, there are these ideas of like the, the way the puzzles are, and um, do you guys remember when Juan, uh, Juan Sepulveda, for everybody who, who's new, when Juan would say something, he would give us like a, a saying in Spanish that would almost mm-hmm. sound yes. like, I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean, but he would explain it. We'd be like, oh. And so some of those like kind of those, those cultural differences maybe are in the way they're they're showing, uh, you know, these allegories of a story and how, you know, the the, the language actually with the characters tells a story, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that too. I think, I hope we see more of that. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Cause there, yeah, there are, what I like about this, as I said, as I said last time was the historical fiction, right? There's some things that are based in, in reality that, you know, they just take that extra jumping off point to, to go into. Um, so then, while we're uh, getting the, uh, the the video feed queued up, the, the interesting thing that I found too was the she she figured out this puzzle and goes in to um, uh, Sandusky's house and immediately knows how. Not only is she breaking and entering, which is also a weird thing to do, if, especially if you're trying to fly under the radar and eventually be a an FBI agent one day, but um, then. She actually goes, hits the right combination of books, and in this you know secret uh, bookshelf, and the 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 big secret that pops out, this thing that's well protected and hidden, is a case holding his Masonic ring, <laughs> right? It's, yes, it's fascinating. That, like it's not I'm not storing my Masonic ring in like some elaborate bookshelf thing. You can get these things off of Amazon for like twenty bucks, but um, some people have nice ones. But uh, the 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 Masonic ring being hidden in a in a secret compartment was was kind of funny. So if you're not familiar with the Freemasons, um, yes, most of them buy their own rings, but no, they're not something that has to be stored away under a, a lock and key or a hidden hidden vault for that. It it was kind of cool, like that she did that from like memory or something. Uh, but then we're introduced to the, the, uh, I guess the beneficiary of the Sadusky estate, which is the grandson who is like this aspiring, you know, musician. And he thinks it's all hooey. Uh, 
and this he is quite that it's all hooey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like all of a sudden he is not unlike uh, another throwback to National Treasure uh, Part 1 or 2. You know, take your pick. But uh, Nick Cage's dad, how he is like, oh, the treasure, you know, I searched my whole life for it, and he doesn't, like, talk about it, and then all of a sudden it's revealed that, you know, there's this, you know, another family of treasure hunters, and it's the grandfather and then the musician's dad, who you later find out, you know, tragically passes away, uh, you know, holding one of these treasure boxes or something. Um, And then later unlocks... With the bookshelf again, where she finds the Masonic ring, he's like, oh, well, check this out. And then we get the big, cool room. Hidden rooms aplenty. Mm-hmm. There we go. But where are you, Joe? So, boom! There, you, there are. you are. So that's about it. Those were the, like, the, the big... Um, Masonic references really in the in the episode two a little light just talking about all, those guys are all about the all-seeing eye and hiding a Masonic ring inside of a, a bookshelf so that was a little I don't know just a, a light nod to the Masons so then let's uh, you switch to three puzzle boxes though there's three puzzle there boxes three. you gotta have the Masonic three right gotta have yes. three the triad, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Does she find Comedy it? She find the second threes. one at the end of, at the end of yeah. episode two or episode three? Does she find the second one? Yeah, at the episode at the end of episode three, Catherine Zeta Jones's character is revealed to have found the jade, the jade That's one. That's right. Right. Yeah. And, Let's talk about episode three then. And at the end of episode three. Catherine Zeta Jones has been uh, has is shown to have found the clue that yes. Jess and I think his name is Liam had just uncovered from Graceland. Nice. So let's, let's we're getting ahead of episode ourselves. three then. Yes, we are. Yes. All right. So so we talk about episode three. They're starting off and. You get a reference early on to the Sun King, um, so my mind is immediately going to like uh, Louis the Fourteenth out of France, mm. who um, I can't remember was was Louis Fort a Freemason or not? I don't believe he was. Do not believe so. Right, um, but of course that then inspired all the the things about the French Revolution and 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 how the Masons were behind all that. Um, but, uh, shortly after we find out that it is not Louis the 14th, but it's obviously Elvis and Richard Nixon. Why? With the Masonic handshake. I can't believe you guys didn't know this. All right, here we go. We're going to show you a secret Masonic handshake. There it is right there. But <laughs> it's it, the famous it looks just like a regular Nixon. handshake. No, 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 no. It's totally <laughs> a Masonic handshake. Totally. This kid is Riley Poole. If you order it from <laughs> Wish, <laughs> yes. Let's see. Look, it's totally Masonic handshake. So therefore, Elvis and Nixon 
are Masons, according to the show. Um, but yeah, this uh, obviously, uh, spoiler alert, the real truth is neither of them were Freemasons. But um, Nixon was a member of what, Jason? Remember you, uh, you had said you looked up a fraternal order that Richard yes. Nixon was a member of. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Nixon was an order or was a member of the Order of Red Friars, which was a semi-secret society at Duke University. Um, so there you go. That is, that is uh, the, the order voluntarily disbanded in 1971. <laughs> uh, it was out of Duke University, founded in 1913, um, but it's, it's not known uh what what nixon did as as part of that order um but we have no evidence that uh that he was an actual freemason mm -hmm. <clears throat> right so this same, is uh same with by the way elvis um there have been a couple references that i've come across that suggests that Elvis had at least read about the Freemasons, but he uh, he is not known to have been a member himself. Now, the parts that were interesting is that he it was true that he was part Cherokee and that um, there is an actual secret room inside of Graceland. Um, I think like 1996, like Oprah, you know, went in there. You can actually find the uh, of Oprah. Um, going into the secret room for, for all of like five minutes of TV, you know, they build it up for an hour, but it's only like five minutes of video. Um, yeah, so like it does Geraldo exist. Cracked the, uh, <laughs> yes. cracked the, uh, the Whose safe fault was that? from Capone. Capone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like nothing was in it. Yeah. Nothing at all. Uh, womp womp. It, it was, it was interesting, right? So this, this starts to get, um, obviously the entire series we're building up into this, Native American lore of mm -hmm. this treasure and um, them hiding it from the conquistadors. Uh, but what's interesting too is we, we see the same parallel in National Treasure 2 where we've got this massive treasure, the city of gold that's hidden under the Black Mountains. And um, they deal with the symbol of the bird, right? And this this carries over into this this series is coming up because it's uh, Elvis's his grandmother, a great grandmother, mm -hmm. who ends up being this uh, the dove. This uh, it gets them on this clue to the dove to look for the dove, and they're like, "Oh, where's it going to be?" And then, of course, you know they do the whole Jeff Goldblum thing, where um, she loosely starts connecting things that are obvious to her, mm -hmm. but uh, the right. rest of us are too stupid. Um, and <laughs> but obviously they, they go don't get it right the first time. That's true. Yeah, that's right. That's In true. this case, they don't get it right the first time. They think it's the guitar, the mm -hmm. raven. Um, <clears throat> and it's not. They they end up going out, and then they have to sneak back in. Um, because it's actually a gold record down in that secret room. No, I will say there... this episode, though, yeah, I right. really, I think, was the closest to the spirit and energy of like the original National Treasure movies. Yes, right, especially yes. when there's a public heist, right? Because they are going on an actual tour of Graceland. They're trying to 
hide away from the public while they un- find some artifact. Um, it's got the the tensions between someone finding out they're there, but not disrupting the public. It, it's that that episode out of all three of them is my favorite so far because it but, does yeah, same. bring back. It gets knocked track. down. It gets knocked down a bit because it includes a musical number. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that's all of a true. Sudden, everyone's Anytime, singing along inside. It's Grace a Disney Land. movie. It's Disney, right? <laughs> but okay, yeah. So to that, they they use the same uh, um, score when it's happening, or the the homage to the original score that dun 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 dun, dun you know, is happening throughout the the, the whole uh, sequence, which was kind of cool. Really, kind of pulls you back into that original movie. Um, the musical number, yeah, not not my favorite. But y'all, y'all ever watched the X-Files episode called The Lazarus Bowl? Uh-uh. So there's this episode where there's a, a clay pot that is supposedly being turned at the same time that Jesus is giving his sermon on the mount. Uh-huh. Or at the same time that um, he's raising Lazarus. Mm-hmm. So there's this artifact that um, basically is like a record. Right. They find the thing and they use a laser and it picks up the vibrations from the hay mm-hmm. that's used. And you can hear Jesus raising Lazarus in Aramaic. And so how this ties into this was I had this kind of weird vibe from this when they were playing the, the record backward to reveal none other than the king. The king. The king himself. Be the king. Giving, <laughs> giving the, uh, the, uh, the next clue. Right. And then, so like Jason said, Catherine Zeta-Jones all of a sudden has the clue. And now I'm thinking, who's the mole? Mm-hmm. Liam. You think Liam's yeah, working always for Catherine be one. Zeta-Jones? So, so I think... I think Liam is the obvious choice, mm-hmm. but I have to wonder if it's not Jess's love interest. Hmm. Trying to remember, was it Eric? No. Which one is the guy? Sorry, who, which one? The guy Liam? who didn't want her involved. Um, Let's see. It's not Oren. It's like a he was it's he like Ethan. Oh, her life. Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. I'm thinking it's it's Ethan. Hmm. Ethan seems right to me also. Yeah. Like he would do it just so that. Her. Yeah. Exactly. To protect her from getting deported, because mm. you know she's uh, undocumented. Right? recipient. Yeah. Just so you know. Yes. That that may or may not be a. A plot device <laughs> in a future episode. Say, well, we'll have to decode that. Like D is the fourth letter, A is the first. <laughs> DACA. <laughs> so 4141, 45, 910, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, I'm just starting. I'm just going down the Jeff Goldblum yeah. route. I'm sorry. So the four and the one make reference to you know two particular tarot cards in the major arcana. And no, 
And there we go. The magician so, yes. being one, and I can't remember what the four is. John, what's the I'm drawing four? a blank. The the the, the <sighs> see, I think it's emperor. Empress emperor. Yeah. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, cool. So that's that's pretty much it for the uh, the Masonic references in episode three. Um, but I, we did get I the, the encoded message. Too. What do you? So as we're going through this, uh, it kind of feels like they're peppering. You know, they're seasoning it with some masonry, but really, it's uh, it's a parallel path, and masonry's kind of kicking them along down the road. <laughs> It's a MacGuffin. Mason Reese, a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a what? A MacGuffin, like the... Uh, um, Infinity Stones. Right. You just, it's just a device that carries the plot along. It's oh, not the plot okay. itself. It's just something... It's a it's a, a, a trope in filmmaking. About Are it's you calling a, it's us the, a trope? Yes. Yes. It's, We're a trope. We're, we're are being trope. used yes. as a trope. Yes. Yes. It's the suitcase wow. you never see in Pulp Fiction, right? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It just carries the, the, the along. That's what we're doing. But uh, we'll, you actually see some Masonic regalia in episode four, but we'll cover that next week. Next week? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. We're looking forward to coming back to you next week with both TMR and then episodes four and five. If we can stand to watch them, I feel like we're in a clockwork <laughs> orange where we're just like holding our eye, eyelids it's open. Not that bad. <laughs> not episode I... four and five. Anything but episode oh, four and five. It's entertainment. It is I'm entertainment. It's good. It. My... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It'll grow on you. It'll grow. Yes. We'll like a parasite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right so with well, that we're looking forward to bringing you more unlocking the treasure next week so stay tuned and we will see you then <laughs>